We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 17th edition of the Order NFL Podcast. Week 10 is in the books. I can't believe it, Jake, but we are entering week 11 uh, of the Play- NFL season. It's playoffs. insane. Playoffs are creeping up. I, I, I had to think and do a, like a serious assessment in some of my leagues, you know, especially with the waiver wire coming. You know, There are probably some owners that are, unless you have uh, you know, a dynasty league, owners, managers, you know, what have you, yes, managers, uh, that, are, that are thinking that are out of it mentally. I mean, at this point, might be looking ahead to basketball. Of course, we've got college basketball right around the corner, the draft this week. And then that's we got the basketball you're thinking of? Yeah, As of a Bucks fan, that's the one you're thinking of? of? Yeah, no, the Bucks. Uh, that's crazy. A lot of people have their mind on that. But, uh, but not us. We've got our mind on football here. And if you're still in it, we're here to help you with those waiver wire pickups and uh, hopefully give you an edge. And uh, it's interesting. The strategy changes because, you know, you kind of have to look at who you're competing against on the waiver wire, what those needs are, mm-hmm. and then and then take that into account when using your bids. You might not have to make a $40 bid yep. if the other person that needs a running back only has $26 in fab left. So just something to keep in mind here as we, as we start to think about this. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that should be brought up as the strategy that comes um, with the free agent decisions that you're going to have to make and in the ensuing weeks. I mean, we're going to have teams 
on by until week 13 for many people in fantasy leagues playoffs start week 13 or 14 so you're gonna have to consider that and certainly be looking ahead to the uh, strength of schedule for the rest of your players before we really dive into the Monday night recap which wasn't a very good game as has been for most Monday night games but also the free agent pickups I want to get word from our sponsors prop swap Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors always use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is just too high? Submit a bid for the price you think is fair and then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. For a limited for a limited time, our listeners can get up to five hundred dollars in bonus cash. Just use the promo code Roto five hundred. That's promo code R O T O five zero zero, and Prop Swap will match your first deposit up to five hundred dollars. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the Prop Swap app. All right, I talked about Monday Night Football game. Uh, thankfully. Thankfully, next week, we actually have a good game that we can discuss. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Mm-hmm. But we had to make our way through yet another god-awful selection, this time between the Vikings and Bears. And I really get annoyed with the NFL. It's almost like they're they're punishing ESPN, I feel like, at times. We knew the Vikings and Bears were not going to be an engaging game. We knew the Patriots and Jets were not going to be an engaging game. Can we just, like, can we be better? Especially this year, there are just so many things going wrong. Can we just be better in terms of scheduling games that actually matter? I think it's tougher to do it this year than any other year, you know, just because of the whole climate situation. You can't just shuffle games around and then have one potentially get canceled or moved. So it's a little bit tougher. And, yes, the 19-13 score makes it seems like it was a nice, close, competitive game. Uh, but it was sloppy. It was it was sloppy horror. Horrible errors on special teams by both sides, uh, bad snaps, turnovers, like everything that you can imagine uh, this happening that, that could go wrong for both sides at any point. Um, it basically did. And uh, it's really tough to take fantasy implications out of this. I mean, Delvin Cook did his regular thing. Justin Jefferson continues to be a stud. That's my biggest takeaway from from this game. I benched Jefferson in a lot of different places. I was actually reviewing, I don't know if you do this, but um, every year, at least since I've been doing RotoWare and doing a lot of these different leagues, I keep a tally of how many players I rostered across these leagues. So I did mm-hmm. 16 this year and a few were Dynasty, whatever else. But my highest uh, rostered wide receiver was Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown. I feel pretty good about that. I mean, like that was like the two that I was really confident about and they really panned out. And I benched Jefferson in a lot of different places because I thought this was going to be a difficult matchup. But uh, Thielen did did well too. He was kind of shut down. I know he had the two touchdowns, yeah. but he was kind of shut down. Jefferson really has emerged as I think a star in this league, and is going to be uh, so long as that running game can allow yeah. the passing game to be effective. Yeah, Jefferson's basically settled into the Stephon Diggs role very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, being a possession guy, would have been nice to see him get one of those touchdowns. Of course, those both went to Thielen. Thielen also had kind of a weird turnover that I kind of pin on Thielen, even though it's going to go down as an interception, where you know, kind of went off his hands, and then he almost handed it to Khalil Mack in a weird way. <laughs> um, but he's still still excellent fantasy days for both of those guys. That's pretty much that's all that's relevant there. The Bears uh, continue to be a mess, even their leading receiver, you know, Allen Robinson, 6 for 43. That's not going to do much for fantasy owners. Anthony Miller had a wide open, or he was, I wouldn't say wide open, but he was open to win the he game. He should have, he should have caught Fol- it. And, and uh, Foles missed him, so, or was it Tyler Bray at that point? Because Foles went down. It was 30. Foles. It was Foles. No, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because in, in the very, very last, like, Hail Mary type situation, 
Foles went down. So uh, yeah, you know, Bray had our- Bray had I think two or three attempts, and it looked as bad as you'd imagine a third string quarterback to look from the Bears' offense. I will say, like Allen Robinson, there was that pass right before right before Foles. I don't know, actually, that might have been Bray uh, got hurt. Where it just was. I mean, he was open. It was about twenty yards in the out. Uh, could have maybe said, but easier hail mary, and he just overthrew him. And I think maybe Foles does make that throw, give Robinson maybe a what six four? Do you say six catches for forty three or five? Yeah, that's where we ended. So up be like it would probably. Like seven for sixty, which is still not great. But I mean, this goes back to the point: the Bears' offense just isn't good, and it might get exactly. worse now with Foles out. We and already had David I mean, Montgomery out yeah. too. The backfield situation was brutal here. Exactly. And, uh, here, I'll do a one humble break about my biggest stroke of luck in stake league this year. Uh, just decimated in wide receivers. Needed a <laughs> wide receiver three to pick up. It was between Valdez Scantling and Cordero Patterson. And at the time when I had to make the decision, it was like, okay, I'm thinking Alan Lazard's going to be back. Obviously, Scantling had sure. a pretty solid game and becomes viable on the waiver wire. But Cordero Patterson runs a kickback and saves my fantasy day. He was also the guy that happened to lead the backfield. They, you know, they ran the ball 17 times, and 12 of those went to Cordero. Um, I don't know if that really holds up, but any of those Ryan Nall truthers out there were pretty disappointed. He was outcarried by Artavis Pierce. So uh, Lamar Miller got a few carries too, right? I mean, like um, I thought I saw at Lamar least... Miller was oddly enough. Unless there's something wrong with the ESPN box score, I'm looking at he did not get carries, but it was but he was targeted twice in the passing game. Oh, he definitely got one carry. I mean, maybe it was just. I mean, we do Rotowire. Sure, you didn't mix it up with Artavis Pierce. Well, I mean, I guess. But I mean, maybe we the just, stat people did. We, I, we I, do Rotowire hoops every Monday, so it's a bunch of us just watching the game in the bar afterwards, and and you know maybe it was just the alcohol or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. That wasn't it. I I really thought they said Lamar Miller on the broadcast, so I could be wrong. But I mean, even even still, it's it's a difficult situation to read from the Bears. Backfield, and what makes it worse is they have a bye this week, along yeah, with the exactly. Bills, Giants, and 49ers. So you're going to see a lot of these guys drop. Like I'll probably, I know oh, yeah. I got, it. I was lucky enough to get a game out of Cordero Patterson, but he's probably first on my chopping block when it comes to you know picking up another receiver this week. Because again, nothing to get excited about when their backfield is any state of normal at all. Yeah, Montgomery isn't on injured reserve. It's different than like David Johnson, who is placed on injured reserve, I think, with a concussion, and will be out a minimum of three games. David Montgomery, I think he could be a back. You know, in week 12, when they're past their bye week, it's two weeks now removed. He has the Packers defense as well. I mean, that's going to be a decent enough matchup for him as we've seen over the past couple games for certain. Uh, even James Robinson did very well again this past week. So mm-hmm. just it is something to monitor, but it was a tough game overall to watch. Like my biggest takeaway is, again, Justin Jefferson continues to be um, one of the better receivers in the NFL and, and, and to me has kind of solidified himself as a wide receiver two or three in your fantasy lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, absolutely. And I, and I don't think we know what's going to happen with Foles and Trubisky yet. Maybe we talk about that more when we get to the quarterback specifically, but I think that's kind of going to be mm-hmm. up in the air until week 12 as well. Exactly. It's something that you kick down the road a little bit and uh, maybe hope for the best in like a two-quarterback situation, but you know, you've got to be expecting the worst when you're looking at this offense. Maybe if there wasn't so many other significant injuries to the quarterback position, it, it would matter more for the Bears, but I mean – there is going to be a pretty relevant fantasy starter across just about every darn league with Drew Brees out for uh, – it has mm-hmm. to be a little while. I mean, we had the fractured ribs. Uh, then there was reports afterwards saying yeah. he had a collapsed lung. I mean, like some so say – So you're looking be- at like Tyrod Taylor minimum. I mean, obviously the cause of the situation was different. Right. Here, you know, but uh, – but this could be career-ending for Breeze. I mean, I, I, if you want to allow me to speculate out of control, um, you know, what if Jameis plays reasonably well? It's not like we were getting outstanding play out of Breeze. And I have to imagine that an IR move is probably coming. There was, I know, reports of it earlier today while I was checking the wire that it sounds as if it's not, maybe it's not inevitable, but it's definitely along that path. So mm-hmm. three starts at minimum for Winston. I think it could be even longer than that, too. 
that's that's pretty good. And I know it's a different offense than the Buccaneers and a different quarterback or a mm-hmm. different uh, coach calling the shots for the quarterback. But this, I mean, it's the Saints. I, I, you have you have Kamara, you have Michael Thomas. Yeah, and I think that's all you need to be a fancy success. Yeah, I mean, I, I, pretty much anyone they put under center is going to be successful, I believe, for the Saints. I mean, Winston, he he has a guy in Michael Thomas that he can just constantly force feed the ball to, similar to like a Mike Evans situation in past years. He has a much better, much much better running game than he's ever had in recent memory. Mm-hmm. You know, with Kamara, one of the best fantasy and probably one of the real life best real life backs in the league. The only real risk to Jameis is well, how much is Taysom Hill going to get there and get in under center? I don't suspect it will be a ton. They're not going to let Taysom Hill come in and throw 10, 12 passes all of a sudden. Right. It'll be similar to how Hill comes in with Drew Brees, you know, takes a couple snaps, does designed runs, maybe throws a pass here and there just to not, just to give defenses like some film to think maybe he's not going to run the ball, but it's going to be pretty heavy in that. And, you know, if that's really the case, then it takes away very little from James Winston. And uh, I'm ready to put a big bid out there for him in leagues where I need quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting. We talked about the four teams on by. You're luck. You're looking at maybe losing Josh Allen, maybe Daniel Jones, but certainly from the Bears and 49ers, you're not really starting any quarterback there unless you're in a two QB league. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that there's less interest. But you also have to include the fact Breeze was maybe a starter for people out there. I unfortunately mm-hmm. had Allen and Breeze, so I'm like in dire straits now with my NFFC yeah. team. There is that type of situation where you're, you're competing with Breeze, and then of course Teddy Bridgewater, who we're going to get to in a little bit as well. He's dealing with an MCL mm-hmm. sprain. Maybe he doesn't play this week. That's four potential quarterbacks that are out that you'll be having to vie with, vie with for Jameis mm-hmm. Winston. So I'm in one league with very deep rosters. Already lost Dak Prescott and the two quarterbacks I had been carrying because it's a 14 team are Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, and you know again very two quarterback mm-hmm. league relevant. Darnold's not going to play this week. Bridgewater's probably not going to play this week, but it's yeah. only a sprain, so that could come back around. I'm putting 35% down on Jameis. How do you I go higher than that in that yeah, situation? I might have to. I might have to empty it out because there's got to be somebody else out there. And um, We're entering week 11, and he, you mentioned it. There are teams that probably are not in contention or participating quite as much. So you could maybe sneak by free agent pickups later on in weeks 12, 13, 14, whatever else, because those teams are just checked out. But in this situation, if you are in mm-hmm. that kind of spot or like myself, I have almost $0 left for the NFFC, so I'm going to be in a really tough spot. But I would be emptying out. This is a $250, $300 budget. And it's $1,000 for the NFFC. So mm-hmm. that's that's right in line yeah. with what you're saying. See, I thought it was a little high with 35% as dire straits. And I think you can get away with you know 18% in most standard formats. Uh, you know, I just had a little unique situation here. But uh, I'm, I'm even thinking like in Stake League, I've got Matt Ryan and Jared Goff. And neither of them have great matchups for me this week. Mm. Do I think about maybe dropping Goff? Well, I just picked up off the wire last well, I did week. too, yeah. Yeah, you know, for that matchup. Obviously didn't work out. I'm probably going to be starting Matt Ryan. It would have worked out fine considered. if he just throws touchdowns instead of running the touchdowns. He had over 250 passing yards in the first half alone. And I'm not talking about this as a bitter yeah. person who also picked up Goff with the idea that I could start him in this. Now it's, it's, hey, it's I dropped 135 in stake with Goff. So yeah, I will take that. Good for I you. I will take yeah. that. We're going to keep moving up the standings there. But anyway, yeah, no, I got to have a real long, hard discussion. If I'm going to think about, you know, maybe dropping Goff, cutting bait and getting Jameis Winston um, this week, do the saints have the, Bucks is it? I think I uh, no, no. I thought no. I had that down, or no, they had that. Yeah, in the past. Or I'm just, it. I'm just thinking of that. Yeah, they just played them, and 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 they crush, or they. Yeah, they or, did yeah, crush them. Yeah. They crushed them exactly. So, um, yeah, the matchup coming, um, the matchup coming up here for Jameis. You have, oh boy, you've got Atlanta. 
I, right. That's what it's I'm saying. The, it's the juiciest streaming matchup that you can have. And then rest of season, you know, he's only got one top 10 pass defense the whole rest of the way. And that's the Chiefs who that could be shootout city anyway. You know, I was, I've been a little skeptical how the Chiefs have been able to maintain that. But Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta again. Oh boy. Okay. I'm going to spend, I think I'm going to move up that 35% bid. I, I, I just talked myself into it, man. It's James' time. <laughs> I think it's okay to do that. And if you do want to get cute with your streaming options, Winston is not a bad play whatsoever. I actually kind of want to focus on the Taysom Hill aspect of this as well. Mm -hmm. I think in ESPN leagues, he qualifies as a tight end. I'm not sure what it is for Yahoo or for other places, but Hill Mm -hmm. as a tight end alone, that's interesting to me because he can catch passes. I I think he is going to throw a few more or at least be in position to. And if that's the case, I think you really need to look at what Hill's qualifications are. If he is a running back or a tight end, Hill should be picked mm-hmm. up in a lot of different places. If he's a quarterback, though, in your league or in your scoring, whatever it is, I'm not as interested. But just check that. If he's a tight end quarterback mm-hmm. or tight end exactly. running back wide receiver, he's worth a look now. Mm-hmm. And I believe we normally leave the DFS to Scott and Laird on Fridays, but it's my understanding that Taysom Hill, unless this was a totally fake tweet, I'm trying to look it up right now, but uh, it's my understanding that Taysom Hill is 4,500 as a tight end on FanDuel this weekend. So maybe something okay. to think about there. I could, yeah. you know, I could very much see that. Granted, Kelsey's back, but you know, tight end's been shoddy anyway. Well, what that's are you exactly really? It. What are you getting out of that position? You know, to begin with. So uh, yeah, especially in tight end. I could see making a twelve to fourteen percent bid. As I think your tight that's end. the whole reason why I feel comfortable. Because if if I'm going to be speculating at the tight end position again, if you have Kelsey, fine. If you had Darren Waller, I mean, he didn't do well this past week, but most times if you had Darren Waller, fine. Mark Andrews did okay. Hunter Henry actually scored a touchdown. There's very limited names that are like, yes, they're going to do great each and every week. And you're dealing with a lot of the Logan Thomases of the world that maybe mm-hmm. will get four or five catches for fifty yards, something like that. I think Taysom Hill has that same floor, but there's a different upside if he scores touchdowns like he does or throws a touchdown or anything. Like it's just it's worth considering. Just check where he is, like what his roster position is in your league, because I think that really does matter. Confirm uh, Breeze out forty five hundred dollar tight end on FanDuel against the Falcons. Okay. So, well, I don't know. That seems pretty juicy to me. I'm going to have to think about that. Let's move over to Teddy Bridgewater. We already talked about a little bit. MCL sprain. It's looking like he won't play this week. Uh, it's looking like Christian McCaffrey also won't play this week, mm-hmm. potentially. Like There's a lot going wrong with the Panthers' offense, and after that relatively hot start, they've kind of fallen off. I think they're 3-7 and seven right now. Playoffs yeah. are out of the picture. We knew that was kind of ha- going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But here we go now. P.J. Walker looking to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers. XFL stud. Yeah, and I think P.J. Walker is actually not too bad of an option. Maybe it's just because I, I, I like the college fit. Like he knew head coach Matt Rule. right? Like that's how you get that kind of going. But it's against the Lions, and the Lions have proven to be pretty susceptible against the pass. I mean, Alex Smith threw from almost 400 yards against them last week, and Alex Smith is not a very good quarterback, I think, in the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. So th- this is interesting to me. And with Curtis Sam, Samuel and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, the weapons the Panthers still have. I kind of like PJ Walker as a two yeah. QB league starter this week as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have a little bit of a tough time with that, given you know that he's largely unproven. The XFL, of course, is a, a much much different league. You know, I don't expect a Tommy Maddox situation to pop up all of a sudden here. And the other thing is, is Bridgewater seems to be trending in the right direction. You know, it was thought to be a little bit worse. Now True. it's just a sprain and. You know, sitting here on Tuesday, I would rather make my $0 bids on, I don't know, Baker Mayfield against the Eagles. No way. Not Baker, bad. but like Cousins against Cousins the Cowboys. Cousins against the yeah. Cowboys was one. I'm thinking, I'm just saying, like, 
I mean, what's Baker's over under fantasy points? Like twelve? I'd rather take twelve points than you know make a bid on a guy that might not even play. I mean, there's there's decent streamer options, right? Derek Carr mm-hmm. is at thirty seven percent rostered in Yahoo leagues against the Chiefs. I think Carr is great. He should be closer to fifty percent. So that's a pretty easy mm-hmm. one for me. Cousins against the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys defense looks better. I know Cousins got off that Monday Night Schneid. That's all great. Maybe it's a little of a letdown game for them, but the, the Vikings should win that one. I like Cousins a lot. You maybe Rivers against the Packers too. With yeah. how bad the Packers defense has been, especially if Jair and Kevin King also miss games. Like, mm-hmm. But normally there's more options. Jake uh, Lutton, he's not going to be a good start against the Steelers. Nope. I don't think you can do Alex Smith against the Bengals, despite how you know he played this past week in the Bengals' defense. Yeah, Maybe you go with Andy Dalton against the Vikings reverse, but the Vikings' defense looked okay against the Bears. I don't. There's not a lot of like, top streamers. I think every defense is going to look okay against the Bears. Like The Falcons looked okay against the Bears until they weren't. That's, you know? that's true. So. <laughs> I think it would go like Carr and Cousins as the pre-two obvious options, and then mm-hmm. I would consider P.J. Walker over Phillip Rivers. Um, I would consider P.J. Walker over Andy Dalton. I mean, those are mm-hmm. things that you're going to have to make. And, and Jameis Winston, is Jameis Winston above Derek Carr and Cousins for you? Or, or like, where does he rank in that conversation? Um, absolutely. I think he's number one because okay. it's a multi-week utility thing. You've only got a couple more weeks left here before you know the playoffs and, and, and it's winner go home here. So you, you got to go with your guy. That, playing the Falcons two times in the next three weeks, and chances are I'm expecting him to start. Both of those games, um, yeah, he, he becomes the number one, you know, when you're looking at streamers. And I will give you that I'll take P.J. Walker above the two quarterback leagues I have listed. I mean, it's not like um, Mullins is off this week. I had him written down. Joe Flacco. Flacco right. will be playing over Darnold. Um, Drew Locke's day-to-day with a ribs muscle it, it, I would have Walker over issues. Locke so every rip, day. You see uh, Rippin. Um, obviously, the Bears have a, a quarterback situation as well, but they're on a bye here. Um yeah, I, I mean, I kind of put Walker down in that tier. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I, I'm going to have to roll out Mike Davis in one league if Chris Carson doesn't come back because, you know, the, you know, we don't think McCaffrey's playing. Hopefully Walker can be somewhat competent enough to get Mike Davis enough touches. Davis is going to be fine, though, because we know the lines just are awful at stopping pass catching running backs. I mean, this has been for their mm-hmm. history of the franchise, it feels like, but certainly the past five years, J.D. McKissick once again had a really good game. And this is kind of a segue into the running backs. We had been talking about J.D. McKissick quite a bit as a pickup option. I thought he was one of the top ones this past week. Proved to be pretty fruitful in a full-point PPR league. I checked his roster rate. He's at 69% nice um, in Yahoo right now. So we, he doesn't really qualify anymore. That really needs to be closer to 80%, 90% because so long as mm-hmm. Alex Smith is your quarterback – J.D. McKissick is going to be one of the top weapons for the Washington yeah. football team. Yeah, let me pull some uh, numbers from Jerry's hidden stat line here. You know, I think it's worth the price of a Rotowire subscription uh, on its own. Of course, rotowire.com slash POD if you want 10 free days. Uh, he, he lays it all out for you. So the snap share, McKissick 70%, Gibson 38%. So we all know Gibson scored two touchdowns. If you were playing Gibson like I was, you know, you're not happy about it. But uh, but the, the, the underlying numbers here show McKissick's on the field significantly more. Yeah, Gibson got 13 carries to eight for McKissick, but McKissick was targeted 15 times compared to four for Gibson and had 28.3% of the target share, ran 40 routes. I mean, that's pretty much receiver numbers from a guy with running back eligibility. Um it was closer to a floor game than a ceiling game for sure yeah. this week. I'm really happy that I picked him up uh, in. Oh, I think it's Vegas League that I have. You know, I got to have a McCaffrey solution. Okay. right away, and, and that's um, standard scoring, unfortunately. Yeah. But still, yeah. but, but still, you know, he's. I'm I'm happy. I, I would venture to guess that you know the touchdown split the rest of the way might be a little bit more even. You know, Gibson will score a lot. I guess you know he might be used more like right at the goal line here. But uh, you know. 
there's going to be some weeks where McKissick gets in on that action too. I like that McKissick is being used in the slot as well, and I think that's an underrated facet is that they're having Gibson mm-hmm. and McKissick out there at the same time, and that's where you get those 40 routes run. Like that's yeah. he, He's part of that conversation. Again, with Alex Smith as your quarterback, that's going to be mm-hmm. the option for – uh, what seventy percent of the Washington offense is just just those checkdown plays and and short ones and maybe every once in a while Terry McLaurin gets a big playoff but that's kind of it so I, I really like him again at sixty nine percent rostered in, in Yahoo it doesn't really he matter actually, he needs to be higher I'm looking you know looking down the hidden stat line here thirty four snaps in the backfield eighteen out wide yes, and in the yeah. slot so, oh wow, wide too so okay he's, so he's playing all over the field and uh, the the last thing I, I don't want to give away all the Jerry secret sauce here but I saw this this it's in bold it stands out to me McKissick has accounted for 33 of the 102 targets with Alex Smith playing quarterback 32.4 percent so he, he's yeah. basically throwing to him one out of every three passing plays and I can see this Washington football team you know maybe having to pass more than they like to on occasion and uh, it's going to be McKissick time yeah, and we talked about another guy from last week, Kalen Balage, and this has got to be the first time for you listeners that I've just been wrong about the Chargers' backfield. I mean, I, I, this is this is flat out. I have never seen the Chargers employ a one running back set, but here we are right now with Joshua Kelly being completely faded to the wayside. I think Balage had seventy three percent of the offensive snaps. He was both the pass catcher and power back in there, and I think that matters. This that matters a lot in a revenge game narrative against the Jets this week. The Chargers should win. I know how inept the Chargers have been this season, but it's the Jets. Mm -hmm. If they can't beat the Jets this week, there's going to be a lot of problems and probably a lot of heads rolling. And if you're anticipating like I am, the Chargers are going to be ahead, there's going to be running game involved. And I think Balazs is a big part of that. Now, if the Chargers continue to do uh, runs on first down, on the very first down every single time, well, there's going to be problems. I think 17 of the 27 uh, offensive like first down had they had, they they ran is, plays. Is it the Adam Gase playbook for I don't, all I don't know what they were doing. It was, it was just a bizarre game plan from the Chargers' perspective, and I've never seen them reverse course in that direct, like that way so badly, but... I don't anticipate that happening against the Jets. I just think they're going to be more efficient. So Balaj actually is one of the top pickups for me this week because Kelly is completely gone. Tremaine Pope, who missed previous week, but I think in week eight was the leading carrier, he didn't even play an offensive snap. Like Balaj is the guy right now for the Chargers, and Eckler's not coming back until at least week 12. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. that's fair. Balaj gets the pickup if you need a, a start for this week, for example. Um, I, I mean, Eckler's coming back in week 12, like you said, so the, the – there's a target date there. Mm-hmm. So there's an expiration date on this Balazs thing. Not necessarily, though. I See, I, yes, yes and no. Right, Eckler's going to be a fantasy star regardless, but there was times early in the season where Joshua Kelly could be started as a flex or a running back, too, in mm-hmm. different leagues. And I think that is now Kalen Balazs' role. So once once Eckler comes back, Balazs just does uh, Joshua Kelly's stuff, and that can be okay if you mm-hmm. are hurting him by weeks. Like I think he actually can be a starter for two or three weeks in the fantasy right. season. Oh, well, fair enough. Well, a guy that we mentioned last week kind of only a little bit, you know, we kind of hinted at him at the end. Maybe he's a $0 pickup. Of course, how things can change over the course of the week with the team's injury report. But a guy I think I'd rather have than Balazs, who's in a similar situation as far as window of opportunity goes, uh, is Selvan Ahmed. He looks so good. He looked very good, and I, I just I didn't. I'll admit I didn't know enough about him to see this one really coming. But as uh, you know, the the team started to clean house and and had more injuries. You know, you had you know Matt Breida had the hamstring injury. Uh, Jordan Howard, I believe, he was 
was a healthy scratch, and then he was cut. And of course, you've got. I didn't even know he was cut. Yeah, he got, makes he, sense. He got cut like this morning. So uh, <laughs> okay. I was like, I didn't even write it down there. So Selvan Ahmed looked great. Seventy-six percent snap share, twenty-one targets. I mean, this team isn't quite ready to let Tua air it out a ton and wants to continue the running based attack that they had so much success with uh, in terms of Miles Gaskins. Now Ahmed, if there's anything, you know, he ran fifteen routes and was only targeted once. So. Um, you know, you've got that, but I mean, 21 carries, 85 yards and a score. He is arguably has a case to be the top pickup because McKissick doesn't quite fit our threshold. Um, and then there, then there's Ahmed, who's only 6%. He's pretty much universally available because a lot, yeah. hardly anyone saw this coming. And I think, uh, you know, there are a couple of receivers that I like, maybe a little bit more that are still in our threshold, but Salvan Ahmed has a very good case to be the number one running back pickup. I'll still take Balaj over Ahmed this week, and it's really just based off the matchups. The Dolphins play the Broncos this week, and it's not like the Broncos of old. I mean, I don't. I think the defense is now a little bit overrated. It's going off a of name recognition from mm-hmm. past years and stars that they used to have that are hurt and everything else like that. But I still think it's the Jets. And when you're talking about a guy that's going to get 15 carries against the Jets, I want that guy in my starting lineup. Not to say that Ahmed can't do the same thing against the Broncos. And again, I I don't think people realize this. Go watch the tape of that Dolphins Chargers game. He looked really good as a runner. I thought he was explosive. He was nimble. I think um, even when uh, ha- uh, shoot, I was going to call him Haskins, the the running back that's on IR right now. Oh, Miles Gaskin. My, yeah, Gaskin. Thank you. Gaskin even when Gaskin come yeah. back, I, I I actually think Ahmed's going to have a play. Like he looked that good and that different from what yeah. I've ever seen from the Dolphins backfield so, recently. So Gaskin is eligible to return off IR. Uh, in week 12 so he's definitely out this week against denver and then they have the jets so that's why there you go okay and and so i could see both of them playing you know playing well in that game so uh yeah that's why i rank ahmed above a balage on the pickups this week because because of the eye test and i've seen like probably way too much negative eye test on balage to really be pulled over to be a believer that's fair um you know so so you know the the body of work that i've seen uh gives ahmed a higher ranking but both those guys sure they deserve spots on your on your claim list and and could very well fit in his RB2s in this week, uh, for sure. Yeah, and I'll take I'll take Balaj and Ahmed over a guy like Cam Akers, who got the most carries that he has that, that thus far, but really got low snap share. Like I'm not I'm not really sold on what the running back backfield for the Rams is right now. It's very frustrating endeavor to try to figure out. I mean, like a guy like Michael P. Ryan is at 25% rostered right now. I'm not exactly excited about that either. Um, I would rather have Ahmed and Balaj over Wayne Gallman, and I say this as a stake league roster owner of Gallman throughout this whole Isn't stretch. It beautiful? It's great. I mean, I'm I'm living it Four up. Four weeks I'm happy in a row of touchdowns, getting in there twice this week. I also know it's impossible to continue to score every single week unless you're mm-hmm. Delvin Cook, and Wayne Gallman is not Delvin Cook. So like that's where and, I go back to. Yeah, they've got the buy coming up. Too, yeah, so. and well, that's where I go back to. I think Balaj and Ahmed are going to have situations that you can really use utility wise for the next couple of weeks, and that's about it. But mm-hmm. when you are talking about week 11 of the fantasy season a couple weeks is really all you're shooting for you're going week by week now yeah so a situation where i'm bidding on acres instead of either of those two are because you know one i've got my starters in this league so i've got uh i've got josh jacobs i've got chris carson i even have mike davis to go this week so if i want to flex a running back i'm fine i don't need a starter for week 11 necessarily but i'm trying to maybe buy in low on somebody that could you know have that potential as an upswing and again it's a keeper league so i have a 16 percent bid down on cam Akers because you know it's relatively deep you know the rosters are bigger than usual because of ir spot um so so i've got a bid there on cam Akers for sure um i believe ahmed got picked up in that league unfortunately so there's just mm-hmm. not a whole lot left here and because I, I think 16 is the max on a 200 overall league budget that you'd be 
interested in keeping him at if he goes off, you know, the rest of the season here. Obviously goes off, yeah, there, there's a wide range of outcomes there. So I'm, I'm tr- looking ahead as maybe a second keeper, something like that. Uh, so that's the situation where I'm going for Akers because, you know, I wasn't crazy high on him because of the established guys they had in the backfield and the way the Rams just have seemed to run their backfield right. post Gurley. But um there's room for a dominant option to take over there, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if it'll be keeper... Akers this year. It might be next year, but there's room for it, and it's more of a buy low thing. And You're gambling. You're taking a chance sure. to get the stock low because if Akers gets left out on, there on the wire and he gets 100 yards and two scores, then suddenly he's a rest of your fab guy. So Yeah, I mean, you're right, and, and the keeper aspect plays a part in that too. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, like, if I need a starting running back this week, and I do, uh, I would. I will gladly take Kalen Balazs, and I will gladly take Selvin Ahmed too. I, I just think mm-hmm. both are— who doesn't? This is fantasy football, man. Everyone needs to start in running back. <laughs> that's 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 very true. All right, so we talked about Zach Moss uh, as a drop last week. I, I feel like he gets passed around in stake league so often. I hear him about him on mm-hmm. Road Aware Basketball uh, every Monday. Oh, yeah, Zach Moss did nothing for me. He's on like five teams now, mm-hmm. I, but I agree. I'm, I'm yeah, dropping him. Like it's, I, At first, I regretted dropping Zach Moss, and then I saw someone pick him up for, <laughs> like, I don't know, it was like a 15 to 20% fab bid, and I'm looking, I'm right. like, okay, okay. Whatever. I, I just laid the most beautiful trap ever, and I'm probably going to do the same thing with single Terry this week because you know in a league like that you've got to be flexible I, I currently have ended up rostering uh Gio Bernard Wayne Gallman finally got Nick Chubb back mm. traded for I traded Michael Gallup to get Mark Ingram which you know maybe we'll get something out of that here See, actually he's on my anything. drop list we're not getting anything out of it. oh Ingram's on your drop yeah, list or? we'll get to it keep going though no, I'm just saying, like you know, you have to be you have to be willing to be flexible with some of those guys. If I, you know, I I had a hunch on Zach Moss. No, I didn't really even really have a hunch on Zach Moss in the beginning of the year. I thought it was going to be Singletary's backfield, and that Moss was. I don't know, maybe a little bit over hyped as someone that was going to cut into that a little bit. And then, you know, when things start to even out and neither of them are still productive, it's like you can't really start either of these no. guys. And when there are people like Balaj and Ahmed or even Cam Akers hanging out on the waiver wire, um, you'd have any of those guys over, over the two Bills backs that I've mentioned. Yeah, and this goes back to maybe I shouldn't be in 16 leagues because there's two leagues I had to start Devin Singletary in, and I wasn't happy about it. I just... You know, not paying it. Not, 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 I pay attention to every league. I, I'm doing roster moves every every time, but maybe not like focusing week in and week out even further can play a part in that because I, I was kind of forced to do bye weeks and injuries and just ineffectiveness. And I knew exactly mm-hmm. what I was getting out of Devin Singletary, which was next to nothing. And that, of course, happened this week, too. So it is frustrating. I think if Singletary is out, Moss becomes mm-hmm. an immediate top 10 guy. And the reverse, which we have seen this year, also matters. So if you're rostering those guys under the assumption that they're your running back four that can jump into star ter- starter mm-hmm. territory and you have that, like – flexibility kudos to you you should be winning your leagues anyway because you're crushing it it's just going to be like the this whole table we're sitting at it's going to be the weight of this table (laughs) off my chest when i'm finally free of the bills backfield gonna let other people dabble around and and ruin their starting lineups and and hopefully get me closer to a stake because i made some headway this week and uh hopefully we're charging back up i was going to mention mark ingram as my drop this week and and like maybe a philip Lindsay too could be in that conversation although the broncos broncos offense is just bad right now so that's kind of factoring in but i actually wonder if the ravens are just going to turn to Gus Edwards outright as their starter. And I know, wait, you have a second-round pick in J.K. Dobbins. Okay, I understand Dobbins can be around. And it's true. You probably should have Dobbins in some capacity on the field, too. The third worst running back on the Ravens right now is Mark Ingram. And I don't see a scenario with how that offense has been so inefficient this year. You can really turn to the third-worst guy when you need a jump start. That, that's where mm-hmm. my thought is right now. And much like you, where you're like, I'm going to just let somebody else take mistakes with Zach Moss. 
I'm kind of feeling the same with Mark Ingram right now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as the person who is rostering both Mark Ingram and Devin Singletary in Stake <laughs> League, uh, one of those guys will end up on the chopping block, I'm sure. Um, you know, I don't even feel that bad about the trade because I would have cut Gallup anyway. Exactly. So, no, yeah. I, I, I agree. It was, you you got to do that yeah. kind of thing. That's, yeah. It is what it is. That's how it goes. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Before we do so, let's get another word from our sponsors, BetMGM. Football is in full swing, and new customers at BetMGM Sports can keep the season rolling with a 100% deposit batch up to 500 Simply sign up and make a deposit with the bonus code ROTOWIRE to take advantage of this offer. There's never been a better time to get in the action at BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted specials, and a whole lot more. Don't let one minute of the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code ROTOWIRE to double your betting bankroll with a 100 deposit match up to 5 Hundred dollars must be twenty-one or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Colorado and Nevada, one eight hundred Gambler in New Jersey and West Virginia, or one eight hundred nine With It in Indiana. Promotional code and offer not available in Nevada. Okay, so the wide receivers we talked about Lazard, we talked about Curtis Samuel, um, we talked about Pittman who really went off on Thursday and I was kind of happy we were both on that one a little bit. We talked about Hamler, we also talked about uh, Jalen Rager as well. The, the Pittman and Rager ones are still available for whatever the reason no one's listening to our podcast well enough because mm-hmm. you can still get Pittman just about everywhere and I think Jalen Rager only climbed up slightly. Now he had a bit of a disappointing outing. Uh, I actually started Rager over Justin Jefferson which I cost Rager me a league. I started over T. Higgins. So, yeah, so know, like it, it's in the right. same boat. But I still believe that was the right matchup. I mean, like Higgins is against a hard Steelers defense. We had Jefferson 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 against a hard Bears defense, but yet Rager didn't really capitalize. And I think that's kind of on Wentz in this scenario as opposed to Rager. I still believe in the talent. I think he should be rostered in a lot of different places. But we need to focus on the Packers wide receivers because that's the most important thing right now. MVS Marquez Veldes Scantling had his second consecutive pretty darn good week. He caught another deep pass. He actually caught it and went for a touchdown. Like, that's really the only thing you're hoping for with MVS right now. And then there's the fact that Alan Lazard is going to be likely coming back this week as well against the Colts defense. The Colts defense is pretty good as well. I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts overall on uh, MVS or Marquez Veldes-Scantling as one of the pickups this week at wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost here, I think those first two guys that we led with, they're not at 50% yet. And you have to make those bids first. So Pittman is a guy who I'm I'm, I'm willing to double down on. I'll make a the largest bid, maybe out of you know outside of that Jameis Winston situation. That was very specific. I mean Pittman's ten percent rostered here in Yahoo leagues. He's he's your top, possibly your top overall pickup this week. Uh, and I've got a eight percent bid down in a in in a keeper league. Why in that is same he not one. rostered in your keeper league? It's a two-person league. So you get two keepers. It's not a dynasty oh. thing. So he's out there. Both. I thought you said you're in a league with two people. What is that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you, you get to keep it. So it's, it's a keeper league, not a dynasty league. Okay. You get two keepers. I've got one pretty solidified in Josh Jacobs, and I'm looking at putting bids down for Michael Pittman and Cam Akers because both of those guys are still out there. Sure. And, okay. uh, and, and so I'm going to do that. I've got an 8% bid down there, and I think, I'm thinking about upping that. I got I got to make a tough decision him or Acres in that situation. That's easy that to league. me. I think it's Pittman. I think it's Pittman easily yep. in that one. Yeah, and it just what it, what I saw on Thursday night was the Colts really focusing on it. I mean, T.Y. Hilton was actually involved. It was like a oh wow, T.Y. Hilton he's back and on the team. Wow, this is surprising. But it was Pittman all the way and they used him in a variety of different ways. You know what he reminded me of from Thursday night? 
I thought Michael Pittman actually looked a lot like how the Chargers used Keenan Allen. And I'm talking like cross across the middle. There's deceptive speed that you were seeing yep. on those. It was it was like, a, oh, oh, there's something here yeah. with Pittman. Well, because body type wise, coming out of college, part of the reason that I liked him uh, that I liked him so much as a you know, you, I mean, we do our tallies with all the leagues at the beginning of the year, and uh, Pittman for one dollar at the end of auctions, or sure. Pittman as my last pick. I got that. I ended up with four or five of those, mm-hmm. and of course, half of them I dropped. Our dynasty league, I didn't realize that I had him sitting on IR, I, and then I was like, I did oh, wait, see that. Yeah. I, just, I, I just picked up a wide receiver. That's pretty cool. Um, but no. it's, it's so dumb that yeah. you and I are both competing in a dynasty league that means nothing. There's literally nothing on the line. There's no money or anything like that yeah, because they we called it. We called it COVID, but both of us are like, yeah, let's keep getting the, getting the moves on. I want to make sure. And I'm like fiercely competitive over a league that doesn't matter. That's my life yeah. right now. But yeah, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, exactly. So so coming out, you know, watching Pittman's film at UFC, he's one of those guys that I heard. You know, I heard a decent amount. Of mm-hmm. hype with from some from some fantasy analysts, you know. So I thought I'd watch a little film on him to you know catch up. And he looked to me like a worst case scenario might be Mike Williams, you know. And I was thinking with Drew Brees because he has more of the body type Phillip of Mike Rivers. Williams. Or, or yeah, yeah, it's a different Chargers charge. quarterback. Different yeah. Charge. Anyway, with <laughs> Philip Rivers heading over to Indianapolis, you know, and and being someone that you know kind of late in games, you know, you got Philip Rivers down mm-hmm. six length of the field. He's got to throw the ball up to his big guy and hope he comes down with it, right? And Mike Williams did that. So I thought the floor was Mike Williams, and you know the ceiling could get a little higher than. That so that's interesting. You made the Keenan Allen. I see. I really do. Other way. And um, but yeah, six four two twenty three. To me, that's more. Of, that's more of a Michael Pittman thing. But if he can sneak in some of that Keenan Allen speed. It's just it's off the charts. It was here. just so you can make a case for him being the top overall pickup. Basically, we can you know we can we can, we can stroke this all we want, but uh, I think the, the point is clear here. Yeah, I mean the comparison was just simply how they used Michael Pittman in relation to how the Chargers have always used Keenan Allen. I just thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Rivers has struggled. I mean, there's no secret about that this season. So why not go back to a little bit of the basics, incorporate more of that Chargers offense? And there was so much no huddle too in that Thursday night game that I thought really was a good thing. I mean, how many times did the Colts? go for fourth down because they're able to churn ahead two or three yards, make the smart throw every time. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. And Pittman was a huge reason for that. I don't know if you're the Colts and how you've struggled offensively this season. You turn back to whatever you're doing before. Like I think this was like a stepping stone for Michael this Pittman. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see you've been watching The Mandalorian. Um, let's go to, I don't know, like, do we talk about the Washington pass catchers? Isaiah yeah. Wright, Cam Simmons. Are, I, saw, like, I saw Cam Sims come up in some, a couple yeah. other competitors' waiver lists, and then I was like, but Isaiah Wright had more production. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I don't either. If you're Alex Smith, you've got Scary Terry. You've got Logan Paulson, apparently. But more importantly, you've got J.D. McKissick. Right. How many fantasy relevant pass catchers beyond that? How did you do, you do that? How Alex did you Smith? do Logan Paulson, who was a previous tight end for Washington? I think you meant to say Logan Thomas, right? Yes, that's exactly what. How I meant did to you? Say. That was Logan. amazing. I don't like. I don't even know how your brain worked on that one, but I, good for you. I, he, that's he's crazy. Doing some backflips, you know. <laughs> I'm still not quite over the Brandon Josh Jacobs thing. Oh yeah, what is it, Logan. So Logan Thomas and not Logan Paulson. Yeah, but Logan Paulson Washington. was a former tight end for Washington as well. I'm pretty sure. But yes, you were referring to Logan Thomas, who we are going to get to on top of the yes, tight ends. Exactly. But I agree with you. I think it's Scary Terry. I think it's Logan Thomas, and I think it's J.D. McKissick. And you have Antonio Gibson theoretically factoring in, but mm-hmm. there isn't anybody else. I just think the wide receiver position in fantasy is too deep where I need to really worry about the second, third, fourth options from Washington. Exactly. I just don't – it's not necessary. But, yeah. I mean, this is, again, pointing out it's kind of a shallower waiver wire pickup this week because we have Michael Pittman. Um, we have Jalen Rager, who we're both very high on. We have the running backs we talked about. But, like, when Winston and Taysom Hill are guys that you need to consider – 
I think you know it's a shallower uh, free agent week. I mean, that's fair to say. And I mean, KJ Hamler, we talked about last week. He's getting a little bit more involved. Obviously, Tim Tim Patrick got ejected in that game. I still like Jerry. <laughs> I didn't Judy. even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people punching people who are wearing helmets is just going to confuse me. You, the UFC guy, is definitely going to be frustrated yes, by that. Exactly. Like you, you just want to break your hand as a wide receiver. I don't know. And then uh, you know, kind of a footnote on this whole section: Sammy Watkins comeback lurk. You know, you know that could be imminent. Um, I don't know how much that excites anybody. But if anything, that maybe gets you closer to putting, you know, Demetrius Harris or Nicole Hardman kind of back on the chopping block if you were relying. Or Demarcus on Robinson. Yes, I think they have Demetrius Harris still on oh, your roster, but you might have just did it again. Yeah, you know I, that's why I got to write these names all down in the outline. They, they, <laughs> you were thinking of Marquette names. basketball player and couldn't you help help yourself with the Demetrius yes, Harris? Exactly. It's fine. Can I, you can you give me the MVS though? Because we we talked yeah, about it, but didn't okay. actually talk about MVS. Yeah, and I you're think right. people I are going to jump ship and do a Pittman. People uh, are going to ask about it. Like, I mean, that's that's, that's a legitimate thing. And, and us as Packer fans, we know what MVS is, and I can tell you for certain as guy that does fantasy football for yeah. a living. I really don't want to use and start Mar- Marquez Vela Scantling. I, I get the numbers and I know what he's done. I really do not want to use him. Oh yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Yeah, and, and I apologize for for kind of skipping over that to just uh, put some more love on Pittman. <laughs> but I think that that's me subconsciously subconsciously saying that I'm not that interested in MVS either. I mean, in our in our side of the stake league, 14 teams. You know, 10 of those are Wisconsin-based at least. Yep. I was looking on the waiver wire, and I had a chance to pick up MVS for nothing last week, at, You know, even after him catching the deep ball the week before, and I still picked up Cordero Patterson beforehand. And so, I think that was a better pickup, too. You know, MVS scored a little bit more I because know. of the deep ball. I kind of got lucky with the kick return. Whatever, but, you know, kind of going into that, I was hoping for running back-type touches out of a wide receiver position. Sure. That was my strategy. I wasn't that interested in MVS, with the main logic being Lazard's coming back, right, and there's going to be less to go around. Now this week, I think this is the week Lazard comes back, so there's definitely going to be less to go around. I don't get crazy. I'm I'm just not crazy interested in there. He's hit or miss. Will he catch a deep ball? Will he not? Even if he's wide open on a deep ball, you kind of (laughs) feel like there's a 50-50 chance he even catches it. Yeah, even the ones that he's caught, it's been like, oh, boy, oh, boy. I know. Yeah, it's so. it's it's definitely frustrating. And and there's two positives going for MVS this week. A, they are playing in the dome in the Colts. That matters. And I know the pa- the Colts pass rush is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and there's probably going to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable, but you're going to have better opportunities to throw a deep pass than in 20 mile per hour swirling winds in Lambeau Field. And yet MVS has done that now in two consecutive weeks. So there there is that going for him. And I think Lazard coming back now makes the Colts have to focus on Dante Ams. I mean, they should, but also Lazard's going to be a factor. So therefore, MVS can do a little bit more slot stuff and get open in the middle. They don't have, I mean, a lot of fast corners of the Colts don't. So there is that factor as well. If you have to start MVS this week, and again, we go back to the four teams on by, I mean, like, are you, you're, you're losing Stephon Diggs, you're losing Allen Robinson. I don't know if you're really losing Darius Slayton or Golden Tate or, you know, Shepard that much. The Niners' perspective, there aren't that many wide receivers you're losing either. And there wasn't any significant injuries. So you might be able to just avoid the wide receiver position uh, and not have to go for that. But in a best ball format, MVS is great. In a stake league, actually, where you are like, all right, I need the most points possible. I might not win this week, but let's see if I can get 20 out of somebody randomly. MVS kind of fits. I'm okay with that. But he is still very, very below Pittman and Rager for me rest of the season. And I think you have to be fine with the three-point duds uh, as well as hoping for the 20-point performance like we've seen the past couple weeks from MVS. You have to be aware of that if you are starting and rostering him. That is very well said. I mean, that, that is the exact story. All right. You got any drops this week? 
Yeah, I couldn't really think of any wide receivers that I was dropping necessarily. Mm-hmm. I've been dropping Keelan. Like, I've been having a love-hate relationship with Keelan Cole for most yeah. of the season. Uh, it was a, a hate week for me this week. And then I was like, oh, wait. Well, maybe DJ Shark is going to be able to do something against the Packers with Jair and Kevin King out. Mm-hmm. That didn't really happen. It was actually Keelan Cole that was able to benefit from it. Uh, he was on my bench in the place I had him, and I had cut him mm-hmm. in the places that I don't. So, like, uh, yeah. I still don't feel great about Keelan Cole, but that's, like, my one guy, and I guarantee you – 70% of the listening audience does not care about Keelan Cole anyway. Yeah, you know, in the league I mentioned where I'm, I'm trying to make bids on Pittman and uh, and um, Cam Akers, the two guys that I've got actually dropping right now, one of them is Jamison Crowder because I'm not starting him anyway. Uh, you know, you look back before the bye against the Patriots, Mims had 95.7% snap share, Perriman 97.8%, and Crowder was at 67.4%. So you've got, you know... Obviously, coming back from injury, that might have something to do with it. He's been banged up on and off the field all year anyway. And, you know, if, if you're going to end up the second or third fantasy option on an Adam Gase team with a <laughs> right. with Flacco or Darnold as your quarterback, um, I guess, you know, I was holding out for him because I thought the volume would eventually be there. But it's been too inconsistent, and I'd rather take a chance with one of those young guys than Crowder. Um, so, th- so that was a guy that came up as a possible uh, drop. I think Crowder's going to but... do well this week, though, against the Chargers. I actually don't know. It's not like... Casey Hayward's going to shadow him. Um, they don't have the cornerback that they trade to the Titans right now. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. They don't have him covering the slot at the moment. Uh, Michael Davis is fine enough on the left side. I think you're going to see Perriman like, get one deep pass completed, but certainly plenty of targets. I think Crowder's going to be available open in the middle um, a little bit more. So I would hold out hope on Crowder this week. So Crowder or Pittman then? Oh, well, Pittman then, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, so okay. again, drops are really hard to come up with because True. there's so many different situations and so many different leagues where every single person is in there. But that was just a specific person that, looking at my future waiver wire moves, I will probably have to drop this week. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough. Let's move over to the tight end. Um, we talked about Austin Hooper. I mean, the the weather completely changed the outcome of that, uh, that Browns game. Mm-hmm. So I don't really feel like Hooper was involved that much. We talked about Irv Smith. He was off the two touchdowns, and we were saying kind of chill because they were both red zone looks. Well, he didn't play this past week, and I actually wrote about it on Saturday that maybe you consider Kyle Rudolph because for as good as the Bears' defense has been, they actually are sneakily bad against the tight end. Rudolph had an okay number. I mean, like you weren't winning showdown lineups with Rudolph, but you could get by with him as their starting tight end. He, he was open on a botched extra point attempt. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> <the> yes, <laughs> that's true. Uh, and, and again, the Vikings have a pretty good matchup this week as well. So if Irv Smith is out again, maybe you can get by with st- uh, starting Kyle Rudolph in a 12 or 14 team league. But just be mindful of Irv Smith's stats because if he's out there, if Smith is out there, mm-hmm. Rudolph becomes just uh, yeah. unusable. Four for 60 wasn't too bad for him. You know, you got similar numbers out of a fellow kind of kind of washed up dude in uh, in Jordan Reed. He was out there caught five for 62. Um, unfortunately, Jordan Reed has a bye week coming up, yep. and I don't know how many people can even <laughs> even with the state of tight end tight ends being so dire. How can you roster a tight end too? Um, actually, in that other league where I mentioned dropping Crowder, uh, that's getting a lot of action this week for whatever reason. I mentioned <laughs> dropping Crowder. Uh, Jordan Reed is my other drop there because I'm starting Hunter Henry, and I don't see a situation where I'm flexing or starting Reed yeah. over Henry. So I guess he's going to have to go back out there. You know, I picked him up just in case, and the just in case is maybe starting to come through because he's getting used a decent amount. But you know, I think I'm going to take my chances with the upside guys over a guy I don't see myself starting over the next couple weeks. Nonetheless. There are situations where he would be an okay guy to start. 
um, yeah. after this bye week this week. Yeah, and I can see that, especially with George Kittle likely out for a long time. I thought Ross Dwelly would still get involved with how many weapons the 49ers are missing from the passing game. That really didn't come to fruition, so it's Reed back in front and center when he's healthy, yep. which I guess we kind of knew earlier in the year. The other guy I'm interested in, I mean, Logan Thomas, I had a, a really high, like, some I, I must like some somebody must have gotten into my head on Chris Herndon. I thought maybe he'd be a factor for the Jets, but it was always between Chris Herndon and Logan Thomas as like my tight end three at the end of drafts in August. And I was like, oh, maybe Logan Thomas can get involved. We've seen Washington use the tight ends quite a bit. Reed was successful when he was healthy with them, and and Thomas has had spurts, but I think we're climbing now to the point where you can consider Thomas a very very safe below floor. Uh, tight end one in like deeper leagues. I think we're getting that uh, that point in this in this kind of yeah. campaign. I mean, I'll say he has he had ninety eight point nine percent of the snaps in week ten, one hundred percent of the snaps in week nine. So the usage is absolutely there. He's got the uh, connection with Smith if you have it. And then his upcoming schedule is you know we've got the Bengals and then the Cowboys. Things will get tougher against the you know Steelers 49ers after that but he's the guy that you might be able to help you know use as a space filler as you float into the fantasy playoffs yeah um but that's kind of it for tight ends right I mean like you're not is I have a, just a bunch of TJ Hawkinson I have Hunter Henry like there's it's just a tough place to be if you don't have Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and I know I get questions all the time on Twitter and ask an expert for RotoWire. it's like what do we do with tight end 10 other people in your league are dealing with the same problem. Like I actually think it's yep. a, a little bit less of an issue because everyone is having these same types of struggles and there isn't going to be a solution or remedy unless you're willing to pay up for Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got an interesting dilemma for you. Tyler Higby's, you know, roster ship or whatever you want to call it is down to 53% and then he came back and caught three of six targets for 60 yards. Is there any interest in going back to that well if you need to? No, I mean, I still have him on my, my lineups, and I was starting him this past week as well. I, but again, I'm, I'm kind of going in like, all right, if Higby gets me three <laughs> catches for 30 yards, I'm fine with that because I know what the tight end position is. It's just, <laughs> it's just so hard. I didn't realize this because I got zero shares of Higby coming into the season. Um, he had three touchdowns in week two, and he hasn't scored since. Yeah. I mean, like, what a fantasy troll job that yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely frustrating. But again, I mean, I picked up Jared Goff and Stakely thinking, hey, this is going to be an easy matchup. And yeah, it was. Seattle, let's go. It was. But they just ran the ball the whole time. I hate the Rams offense. I just I hate it. All right. Can we move on to something I don't mind as much, which is talking defensive streamers? Yeah, let's get over there. Okay. I mean, I mean, this is a pretty short podcast the way we've been doing things, but we could spend some time on the on the streaming options. We talked about the Packers this past uh, like past podcast because they had a stretch of three consecutive weeks where mm-hmm. it looked pretty good. Jacksonville is all right. They did fine enough. They have the Colts this week. They have the Bears the following week, which could be Mitchell Trubisky time, yep. potentially. I mean, Packers I, are just tough if that secondary doesn't get healthy. I, I still like them at, as a pickup, but I would rather have, and I imagine almost all of America, would rather have the Chargers defense against the Jets this week. Flacco is the quarterback. Flacco has done better than we have seen with Sam Darnold, but this is still the Jets, and I think the Chargers have enough talent on defense to be able to get some turnovers, some sacks. It'll be interesting to see if Joey Bosa is back, and I know he's missed the past couple weeks with an injury. If he is available, if Bosa is available. this so much juicier. Easy, easy start for me, an easy pickup everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we're on, you know, win or go home scenarios for a lot of fringe playoff teams right now, and this is the time of the year where, shoot, you might actually have to spend 1% or 2% on a defense, and in this case, uh, the Chargers might be one of them. And I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if some leagues. I mean, looking at the bye weeks again here, uh, you know, Bills' defense is pretty highly owned. Bears, you know, big playability, so a little bit there. Giants and 49ers, maybe not quite as much, but yeah, this is one where you you might actually need to spend a little bit of fab on here. Um, 
you know, looking down the list, Rams 49% at Tampa Bay, nah, not really. Washington 30% versus Cincinnati, maybe. Uh, Denver 21% versus Miami, not really that interested in them. Um, it gets really tough, but, uh, you know, so the Chargers are the clear-cut one, and um, there are a couple teams, though, that might not quite fit the Yahoo thresholds, but do fit the ESPN thresholds that have a three-week kind of beautiful schedule like you mentioned uh, with the Packers uh, one's the Vikings 56% on Yahoo so just above our threshold but they get the Cowboys this week and they follow it up with matchups against the Cardinals and the Jaguars I don't uh, like that one I'm, 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 was it Cardinals see, I think I miswrote that well, okay um, and, I mean that makes a big difference in this but I actually think the Cowboys are going to be better I mean they're coming off their bye week Andy Dalton should be healthy and I know that Dalton struggled but he has to be better than a journeyman backup in Garrett Gilbert and then something named Ben DiNucci like right like this is this is still Andy Dalton. He's got to be a better quarterback. And if you give Mike McCarthy a bye week, he almost always is successful. Certainly during his Packers, they always end up winning after the bye weeks. So I, I think actually this could be a bit more difficult of a matchup from the Cowboys' perspective. Yeah. yeah okay. So I'm I miss I messed this up pretty bad. I saw oh, C A R and row Cardinals. <laughs> oh, the Panthers. So, so it's uh so it's the the Cowboys, maybe P J Walker and the Panthers, and then the Jaguars. Okay. Looks a lot better than what I originally said. Yeah. So there's there's a correction there for the Vikings here. So that's someone. Uh, that's that I mean that's fine. I, I still I actually just don't think that's that's one I target again. Of course you're all going after the Chargers, but I would rather have the Packers. I think I'd rather have the Bang or sorry, the Bengals, the Browns this week against the Eagles. And I don't know what the Bengals. Or, man, I don't know what the Browns' strength of schedule is, or at least the next two three weeks. But I I'm not convinced in the Vikings one. I do like though the one that you have written down here, the Dolphins going against the Broncos, who could be missing Drew Locke. But even if Drew Locke is available he's been so bad lately you have the jets the following week and then you have the bengals the third week and dolphins defense just as good i don't i don't think people really understand this yeah. byron jones well, and Xavier howard they're scoring are really, they're making big plays they're blocking punts and things like but i just think they're a very good defense right now playing very sound and they're going to be competitive and they're playing teams they should be exactly so i i like them as a, a, a pickup for a three-week stretch if you have if to if you can't get the team that plays the jets this week the next best thing is getting the team that plays the Jets <laughs> next, week. next week. Yeah, so that might as well be the name of a podcast, right? Yeah. Like that's that's just a, a uniform thing at this. There's point. always that one team every year. I think last year was the Dolphins. You know, when we were for at least the first that. half. For, yeah, 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 exactly. Where it's just like okay, you just you just pick up and stream against them. They're always the most expensive in DFS. Um, yeah, it, it's you know it is what it is. This year it's the Jets and. You know, unless they make some changes, it could be that way for another year. This is the podcast about free agent pickups, but I can't wait to hear all the moaning and complaining that happens when the Chargers somehow ruin everyone's survivor bets when they put on them. I mean, like, I understand the premise behind doing a survivor and going after the Chargers against the Jets, and the Chargers should win, but this would be the most Chargers thing ever if they lost to the Jets. If you recall, I think three years ago, they ended the the Browns' winless streak over two and a half years or two years, whatever it was. That was the first win the Browns had. Uh, that marked the worst period, I think, of the Chargers, and I think this could be as well if they lose to the Jets. I don't know. This is a home game for the Chargers. The Jets are heading all the way across the country. This is exactly why they would lose it. This is the most Chargers thing ever. Gambling narrative, like <laughs> it's the most Chargers thing ever. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, we've all heard that. I just, I, I don't know. I think the Jets might win a game eventually. I just, I, I'm hard pressed to pick it this week. All right, that's fair enough. I mean, that does it for us on the Tuesday Fridge and Podcast. I'll be actually on tomorrow 
doing the uh, podcast, filling in for Jeff Erickson. Jim and I will be breaking down the NFL games a little bit, talking about some stuff that happened Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have Mario and John doing their, their good Thursday work every time. And then we have uh, Laird and Jenstead doing the DFS stuff, which is always one of the best listen to podcasts on the network. They do a fantastic mm-hmm. job. So yeah. stay, stick with us. I mean, yeah, we've got a lot exactly. coming on. Yeah, tons of other great stuff coming to, coming up on RotoWire this week. We've got the NBA draft tomorrow, which means our NBA draft kit is launching. You know, little by little, should be all up by the end of the week. Some new, new tools to help you there if you're playing, uh, you know, season long or daily fantasy NBA. Obviously, November 25th, college basketball getting going. I've got you set with your draft kit there. Uh, rotowire.com slash pod for 10 days. No credit card required if you want to check any of that stuff out. So that's all I've got for my little plugs. Cool. And again, if you have any questions on Twitter, we've been having a lot throughout the season. Certainly keep sending them in. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Follow Jake at Roto Jake. Otherwise, I'll see you guys tomorrow, and I'll see Jake you next week for Week 12. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 